Good morning. I am Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson. For this portion of Lifestyle Tucson, I am speaking with Karen Hughes from the Arizona Council of the Blind. And that would be our state's chapter of the American Council of the Blind. So to start things off, Karen, I was wondering if you could take a moment to share a little bit more about the organization, such as how it got started and a little bit of its mission. Yes, definitely. First of all, um, thank you, Riley, for um, giving me this opportunity to be able to uh, speak on behalf of ACB. So ACB, American Council of the Blind, is a national nonprofit blindness consumer organization. And it was founded in 1961, so it's 60 years old. The Arizona affiliate is celebrating 50 years. So this convention, our state convention coming up, will be celebrating 50 years. So it's even extra, you know, special and has even more significance to us. Basically, ACB's um, mission is to promote the rights and capabilities of all blind and low vision people. Those of us, those of us who are blind and visually impaired, we we help each other to gain independence. Um, obtain their goals and improve quality of life. And we have a variety, you know, of ways, several programs that, that help, you know, give people those opportunities, you know, enrich their lives. Since you are a member of the organization, um, it's always great to hear kind of like a firsthand story, like what are some of the programs that the ACB and specifically, you know, our Arizona chapter takes part in? Sure. Um, I've been a member of uh, ACB for several years, and I am I'm the chair of the PR committee. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the programs, scholarships, we provide scholarships for students who need, like, financial assistance. Uh, we have a advocacy and government affairs program. People on that uh, committee work tirelessly to advocate for all who are blind and visually impaired on um, a number of levels. So recently there was a leadership, a D.C. leadership conference that took place that people can uh, listen to on podcast. So um, it's wonderful all the work that they're doing. So we have that program. There's also a uh, wonderful audio description project that we have. It kind of enriches blind and visually impaired people's lives, you know, as far as entertainment, it allows blind people to, you know, really enjoy movies and TV programs and go to a museum and and performing arts um, and hear them in um, audio description and so where they don't miss all the visual elements. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. An entire program just for that. And in fact, at our upcoming virtual uh, state convention that's coming up uh, next month, we're going to have the director of the audio description project, Jill Snyder, is going to be um, our keynote speaker and talk about all that they're doing, their workshops and training at the audio uh, description project. And then we also, we actually have a radio station, uh, internet radio station, ACB Radio. And they do a tremendous uh, amount of work and provide so much good content. You know, not only do they have 
DJs whom are blind provide all kinds of programming on blindness-related subjects mm-hmm. um, in entertainment. One of the things that, you know, due to the pandemic uh, this past year, we now have a huge virtual community. And, um, you know, this has been a difficult year for all of us, you know, due to having to social distance and be isolated. But in some ways, you know, the, the, the silver lining is that it has made a huge, you know, positive impact on ACB community and improved the lives for so many. Um, and in fact, a year ago, we started our virtual community. And it's wonderful. There's a little bit of everything out there for people who are blind and visually impaired. And um, so those are basically, you know, our programs mm-hmm. that we have. You know, it's, it's a great organization to be a member of. And um, like I said, we have our virtual convention coming up. It will be April 16th and 17th, which is a Friday and Saturday. And um, we're going to be using the Zoom platform as well as a stream um, our convention on ACB Radio. Oh, wonderful. Um, which has become more like a media network because we're, we use, you know, social media, you know, Facebook and, and Twitter, but we also were on YouTube. It's just amazing all the progress we've made and, and all that um, that's yeah. happening for, for ACB. And you've definitely kind of touched all of the different bases in the virtual world uh, and getting people connected that way. Uh, about the upcoming convention, is this going to be the first time it has been held in a virtual manner? Well, last summer, um, ACB also holds a national convention mm-hmm. every summer. So last summer, we had our very first national ACB convention that was virtual. Mm -hmm. But this will be the first virtual convention for the uh, state affiliate of of Arizona. And so this is kind of exciting because past years, um, when we hold our uh, state conventions here in Arizona, um, they were in person and we were pretty small affiliates. But because we're going to be having a virtual event, we're going to be able to reach a much wider audience. Not only are we going to be able to, you know, have Arizona attendees, but people across the the country in other state affiliates. We also reach people around the world. And it's just amazing that, um, you know, we have this opportunity to have a virtual event you know, make make a difference in people's lives. Because not only we're going to have um, Joe Schneider as our keynote speaker, but we're going to have other presentations. Um, we're going to have a member of uh, the ACB community uh, talk about, um, you know, focus on, on fitness and how that makes a difference in the lives of people that are blind. We're going to have another presentation on phone and Android apps that are accessible with, you know, voiceover, which is the screen reader that we use, you know, to, have to access apps on our, on our phones um, and talk about the apps that give us independence and, and give us a more, you know, level playing field. It's an opportunity to learn because there's no reason to be left exactly. behind from the technology. Exactly. And, we're, and then we're going to have another presentation um, 
you know, talk from the talking book library and the, and the radio reading service and, and what's available to us as far as, um, you know, reading materials, um, because there's various ways that those of us who are blind um, read material. Um, we have technologies and tools and, and things that, uh, you know, enable us to, to read books and have, uh, you know, equal access. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to have some image of t- entertainment as well. We're going we're gonna to have Arizona trivia, you know, so, um, you know, people that want to, um, you know, learn more about the state of Arizona, um, they're going to be able to hear that. And then we're going to have, like, a family feud game and, like, some hospitality. So it's going to be a really, really good event. Um, and we would love for people to, to join us. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to it. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be a great a great event. And, you know, you know, not just blind people that are part of this organization. We have a lot of sighted people and volunteers that work very hard to make a difference in the community mm-hmm. and um, utilize their skills and uh, talent. Coming together for the betterment it, of all. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, And so the dates of the convention are, you mentioned the 16th and the 17th. Is there a deadline for people to register to get access to the Zoom link? If people want to go to register um, for the convention, they could go to azcb.org slash convention, Mm -hmm. azcb slash convention. So um, there's still there's still plenty of time for people to to register, and if people have any trouble again, because we do have you know there are people that either don't have the technology, they don't have a computer or a smartphone, or you know they're intimidated by the technology. Um, there are ways to be able to register. Anyone can call the phone number seven zero three. Eight four five one thousand seven zero three eight four five one thousand. If they have any um, trouble or need assistance registering for the convention, and uh, if they go to the azcb.org/convention page, they will get you know more information about the convention itself. Um, they'll see the registration form, and also there's going to be a, a, there's a sponsor section there as well because. Mm-hmm. Any businesses or organizations or individuals want to help and sponsor our event, they can do that as well. There's information there. They can also look and see what other programs or services are available. We also have a you know publication called the Braille Forum. People write articles and uh, about the you know the happenings in the in the community and things that are going on in their lives that uh, impact blind visually impaired people. So yeah, it's um. There's a lot there. There's a lot that we do. Yeah. Lots of resources. Yeah. And uh, so (laughs) the convention, as we said, uh, April 16th and 17th. So only, you know, month away. Uh, I do hope that you have a good turnout. Do you have any uh, rough estimates of uh, how many people have been have registered uh, already or? I I don't have any um, information as Mm -hmm. far as how many have registered so far. Um, but it's still it's still pretty early, mm-hmm. like you just said. You know, there's a month to convention, and you know, human nature is a lot of people will you know register at the very end. Yeah. But you know, register people could probably register up until the day of, yeah. or you know, the, at mm-hmm. least the day before, since it is virtual. Mm-hmm. And this will allow us to reach a much wider 
audience. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited about this. Wonderful. Uh, Well, Karen, I thank you so much for uh, taking some time to share with us some information about the Arizona Council of the Blind and the ACB as well. And well, I really appreciate, you know, having this opportunity to um, talk about the work that we do at ACB and more about our Arizona affiliate. And we really hope that some of you who are listening will go to the website, visit, see what's available, register for our convention, and just and, and check it out. You'll have lots of fun, and you'll learn an awful lot about ACB and what uh, we do there for ACB and how, and how it improves the lives of those of us who are blind and visually impaired. And an opportunity to make some new friends. We've all been kind of cooped up. Exactly. We need to socialize. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Like I said, there's an entertainment component, too. Like I said, if you want to know more about Arizona, you like trivia or, you know, the family feud game, you'll be able to hear that, too. You can all be done on on, uh, the Zoom platform and on ACB radio. Well, thank you so much for your time, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Well, I'm glad I could be here. Thank you again. Yes, awesome. For this portion of Lifestyle Tucson, I am speaking with Kim Kirshner from the Institute for Better Education. Hi, Riley. It's Kim Kirshner with the Institute for Better Education. Hi. How are you doing today? I am doing great. How about yourself? Fantastic. Well, uh, I guess I would like to kind of start things off. For those who are unfamiliar, can you give us a little bit of a background uh, on the function and mission of the Institute for Better Education? Absolutely. So the Institute for Better Education, or IBE, has been around since the Arizona Private School Tax Credit Program began, which is almost 24 years. So for a very long time, Arizona taxpayers have had the opportunity to have a choice and a say where their state tax dollars are directed. So they can make the decision to say, I would like to help a child, even a specific child, in an Arizona private school Or they might recommend a specific school or even our most needed fund, which allows us to help children from low-income families attend a school that their family knows is best for them. What schools uh, do you work with in the community? We actually work with any eligible private school in Arizona. Right now, that's over 300 schools that we have the opportunity to provide tax credit scholarships for, whether they're of a low-income family, maybe a child with a disability or been in the foster care system, families who need additional financial resources to attend a school because a private school option should be on the table for everybody. Is all of the money for the scholarships provided through this tax credit? We are 100% funded by tax tax credit donations. So a tax credit donation to IBE is literally dollar for dollar, meaning that when they give a donation to IBE of $1,000, let's say, it will either reduce what they owe the state of Arizona at tax time or it will increase their refund by the exact same number. So it doesn't cost the taxpayer anything. They make the donation to IBE before they file their taxes. Then they file a form with their taxes, their state taxes, that says, I made this donation. So now they're not responsible for paying the Department of Revenue those same monies. So how many families does IBE assist? Thousands. We work with thousands of families. And I will tell you that due to the pandemic and all that's been going on with the schooling in the country, uh, even especially in Arizona for us specifically, Many families have been turning to private school because 
they maybe want there or they feel their child needs an in-person learning environment. So we are having so many more applications this year as opposed to previous years due to that. And that means the thousands that we've always helped, it has increased by literally another thousand families. And how much aid does IPA provide for those families? So every tax credit donation uh, for a married couple filing jointly, if their tax liability will support it, they can give up to $2,365. We award 92% of that as a scholarship to a family. So, And families can get multiple scholarships. So if they have a uh, community that would like to support them, their friends, family, neighbors, whoever they're uh, associated with, can recommend their child. Now, it is a recommendation only. IDE is under no obligation to uh, provide that award to the recommended students, but we are allowed to honor it by law, which if we do, that family has 92% of that donation, and they can easily receive up to their full tuition. Plus, IDE also provides financial need-based scholarships um, in addition. So this means more families can be helped and served. So you mentioned 92%. May I ask what that other 8% is going to, just in case people are curious? Of course. The law allows a school tuition organization, and that's what IDE is, we're also called it STO, to keep up to 10% of all donations to basically run their nonprofit. Out of those monies, and we do keep less because being a larger STO, uh, last year, we awarded over $20 million to the Arizona family. So we are one of the larger STOs in the state. We keep less of that 8%. Close to 3% alone goes to credit card fees. And then everything else needed to run a business. Um, we have to. We have staff. We have you know business supplies, mm-hmm. all the things that are needed. And that 8%, we're, we feel very fortunate that it's very low compared to most charitable organizations that we're able to run a business especially the size of IBE on those funds. Mm -hmm. Running the whole thing on just that 8%. It was uh, just announced Wednesday that the deadline for taxes has been postponed now until May 17th, as opposed to the typical April 15th. Does that make any changes for IBE? Well, as of today, we, uh, the governor of Arizona has not said that the state is going to follow suit with the federal decision. So this, the federal taxes have the deadline now of May 17th. That being said, if, in fact, the governor decides to extend our tax filing deadline to May 17th for state taxes, if he follows suit like last year, that does not mean people have the opportunity to extend paying their taxes or providing a, or doing a tax credit donation, donation tax credit donation. Mm-hmm. So donations for tax credits, my feeling is, is are still going to be due by April 15th of this year, even if they're filing their taxes later. So that's what happened last year. Uh, even though it was three months, we had a, an extension for state taxes. All tax credit donations were still due last year by April 15th. My thought is it will be the same this year, but we haven't had the official word from the governor yet. All right. Well, it's good to know to keep in mind uh, since that time is approaching (laughs) fairly quickly. Yes, it is. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, 25% of our donations come in between April 1st and April 15th. And last year, that was over $5 million. So people are doing their tax credit donations now. So any family who is thinking private school is for them, 
please contact us because you're not too late to have people recommend your child because people are doing those credits now. And for those who do want to uh, get connected with IBE, find out some more, maybe make their tax uh, credit donation, how do they get a hold of you? Where to find you? Great question. Yes, so we're in Tucson. We're just up at Speedway and Swan is our location. People can stop by and see us. They can call us at 520-512-5438 or reach out to us on our website at ibescholarships.org. They have the opportunity to apply or donate everything they need through the website. But truly, if they call, we would love to talk to them. Wonderful. Well, I've been speaking with uh, Kim Krishner, the executive director for the Institute for Better Education, or IBE, as we've been calling it. And I really appreciate you taking this time to get us an update and a heads up with the tax filing date approaching that they can make their donations. Uh, Of course. Oh, no, absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity to educate Arizona on these wonderful tax credits to help some very at-risk and at-need children. Well, thank you again, and I hope you continue having a great day. You as well. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care. For this portion of Lifestyle Tucson, I'll be speaking with John Moore with Tee It Up For All and the University of Arizona's Adaptive Golf Program. Hello. Good morning. Hi, this is John Moore. You are the managing director of Tee It Up For All, which is the philanthropic initiative of Tee It Up Enterprise. Is that correct? That is correct. Could you just tell me a little bit of background and the mission of uh, Tee It Up For All? Well, Tee It Up For All, uh, the whole genesis of this thing came from a just a chance meeting with PTUs, who is the Adaptive Athletic, Athletics Director at the University of Arizona, and this was about well, seven years ago. And we met on an airline flight, got the yak, and he was in the wheelchair, and I talked talk to him about the fact that I was in the golf business. And one thing led to another, and, and we decided we'd check back with each other. And then, uh, unfortunately, my son uh, lost his vision about four years ago. And after that happened, and he had to go through brain surgery, et cetera, it got me to recall the conversation with Pete. So I called him up one day and said, hey, I got an idea. Why don't we start an adaptive golf program at the U of A? Well, one thing led to another, and two years ago, we're, we've got an adaptive golf program at the U of A, which is the first and the largest of its kind in the United States. And uh, going on from that, we formed a tournament production company and decided to uh, form a foundation to help uh, at-risk youth, adapt, adaptive athletes, adaptive students, further their life path and, and goals uh, using golf as the vehicle to do that. So we've been uh, planning and executing benefit tournaments, competitive tournaments. Uh, we're actually going to hold the first annual Conquistador Paragolf Championship here in Arizona, here in Tucson this uh, this April. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the majors in adaptive golf across the United States. We've got uh, 60 of the top 200 adaptive golfers in the world will be attending this event. So it's, uh, it's kind of caught fire and... Uh, Grown a heck of a lot faster than I thought it was going to ever grow, but uh, that's kind of what, that's kind of what we're doing. Awesome! Uh, so uh, that's kind of where we are. Um, I know that there's the two events that are going to be coming up in April. The first of which, uh, Monday the 19th, will be the Tee It Up Spring Shootout. And I guess for those like myself who aren't super familiar, um, it's an 18-hole scramble. What's an 18-hole scramble, and uh, who's who can participate? Well. 
It's an 18-hole scramble. A scramble is where every player hits their tee shot, and then you pick the best shot, and you hit your second shot from there. Then you pick the best second shot, and you hit your third shot from there. And it's uh, it's, a, it's a quick way of having a lot of fun uh, playing golf, to be quite honest with you. Uh, as far as attendance, uh, you can go to the uh, our website, which is teedupshootout2021.com. Um, which is the website for the benefit tournament, and can sign up there. You can also sign up if you're not a golfer or don't have the time to play golf. We really would appreciate some help from uh, from the public, Tucson public, and uh, maybe sponsoring an adaptive golfer. And uh, we've got all kinds of sponsorships that are available, ranging from uh, you know two hundred dollars on up. And uh, it's going to a worthwhile cause. This is to benefit the adaptive athletic program at the University of Arizona. So all net proceeds go back to the university's adaptive athletic program. And I was reading that this is the is this the second annual Tee It Up Spring Shootout. Yes, it should it should have been the third annual, but uh, unfortunately, due to uh, due to the current environment, uh, we had to cancel last year. But uh, we held our first one two years ago, um, and it was a just a rousing success. We had a blast, uh, raised a pretty fair amount of money for the program, and uh, decided you know. If, if it works okay for our first one, maybe we ought to be doing this again. So we've kind of gone from the bread lines to the headlines this year in that uh, we're almost sold out. Um, we've had some heavy, heavy-duty folks here in town step up to the plate, supporting it, people such as uh, uh, Jim Click, uh, Dick Ludke, uh, many, many others. And then uh, we were fortunate to where Omni Hotels, uh, who's uh, – CEO is Robert Rowlings. Uh, a pitch was made by uh, a local gentleman here to uh, see if they would support it. And lo and behold, they just uh, stepped up and said, you know what, we'll sponsor the golf. So you guys come play at our golf course, and we're not going to charge you. Wonderful. Which drops, obviously, drops, drops a lot of money to our bottom line and goes back to these kids that we can help uh, in ongoing programs. Exactly. Right back to the adaptive golf program. And then second up, I guess, on the, the calendar, just day after, the 20th, we'll kick off the Conquistador Paragolf Championship. And this is one you mentioned as more of a, it's a bit of a who's who. So there's some bigger names that'll be uh, taking part in the event. Well, the Conquistador Paragolf Championships is a, a tournament that is specifically for adaptive golfers. You know, it's uh, and and I want to add right now, we do encourage the public that they'd like to see something that is probably the most amazing thing you've ever seen in your life. They might want to come out and watch for a little bit. It's in, you know, it's outdoors, it's socially distanced, it's responsible, and you're going to get to see, uh, again, as I stated, many of the top adaptive golfers in the world will be attending and playing. And you really, until you see it with your own eyes, you really can't believe what a person in a wheelchair can do on a golf course what a person with a single amputee, double amputee, triple amputee, and we even have golfers who are blind, who are world-ranked, world that will be playing in the event. So spectators are welcome. Um, is there any limits or restrictions on that? Well, as I'm sure you realize, uh, uh, we probably need to hold it down to a dull roar, but, I mean, other than mask, uh, mask and socially distancing, you know, we will have all the other protocols put in place. Um, it's kind of kind of up to the government more than anything else. I don't think we're going to have any issues, mm-hmm. but we are planning on having spectators this year. 
you were saying you don't necessarily have to play to support. There's the sponsorship opportunities, and there are other, other ways for people to get involved and show their support through donations or anything like that. Yes, we're going to have, we've been holding in conjunction with Southern Arizona Adaptive Sports a free golf clinic once a month where we have our adaptive golf team, of which we've got five members right now who are on scholarship at University of Arizona, um, that come out along with some volunteers, and we kind of introduce the game of golf to adaptive golfers, to uh, at-risk youth, youth in general, uh, basically anybody that wants to, wants to learn a little bit more about the game. We don't turn anybody away. Everybody is welcome. And these are free clinics that we offer the last Sunday of every month. Uh, also, as part of this initiative, is we're also making a very, very strong effort to get uh, wounded veterans involved that could use maybe a different life direction or assistance in, in focusing their, their efforts and coming back to life again, so to speak. Uh, so we've reached out to people like the Veterans Golf Association, uh, Wounded Warriors, uh, Gary Sinise Foundation, captive uh, sports organizations throughout throughout the United States to get the word out. You know, the, the programs like these are not only available here, but we can assist them in setting up a program in, in their local market. For those who are now wanting to learn more about the Tee It Up For All organization or the upcoming events, where do you recommend they go? Yeah, our website is uh, www.t. It up, T-E-E-I-T-U-P dot net. Um, Tournament-specific information, again, is uh, com, And the conquistador is uh, HTTPS, www.theconquistador.org. I have been speaking with John Moore, Managing Director of Tee It Up For All, about the upcoming fundraising events, the Tee It Up Spring Shootout, and the Conquistador Paragolf Championship. I appreciate that. I want to make one further comment, if I may. I would be remiss, I would be remiss if I did not mention Doug McClure from Global Investment Strategies and Steve Nanini from Nanini Northwest uh, as probably the... Uh, the power brokers in the background that, will, that have been working diligently in helping us raise funds for these events. I mean, these two guys have just absolutely been champions. And uh, without them, without them, we wouldn't uh, wouldn't be as successful as we are today. Thank you again, John, for taking the time to chat with me for Lifestyle Tucson this morning. No problem. I appreciate your time, and thank you so much for helping us uh, spread the word. Absolutely. Take care. All righty. Thank you. Bye bye. If you are part of a nonprofit organization that would like to be featured on an upcoming episode of Lifestyle Tucson, you can contact us at publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, one word, at azlotus.com. For more information on the Lifestyle Tucson program itself, mixfm.com, kfma.com, klpx.com, and espntucson.com.